Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Well, while the war between Israel and Hamas rages, and simultaneously, Houthi rebels strike um, from Yemen, attack commercial shipping in the Red Sea, resulting in airstrikes and missile attacks by the United States Navy on the Houthis, there are open calls for genocide against Jews in Canada, in Israel, and globally. These continue by demonstrators supporting Hamas and now the Houthis. I find it interesting that the people who are shouting uh, that Israel is guilty of genocide simultaneously want to see genocide committed against Jews in this country and beyond. Dr. Zudi Jasser joins me. He's an Arizona candidate for Congress in November uh, in the national election. He's a physician specializing in internal medicine, former president of the Arizona Medical Association, former United States Navy lieutenant commander, and he provided expert testimony for several congressional and Senate committees on terrorism, foreign policy, and religious freedom. He's the author of A Battle for the Soul of Islam, An American Muslim's Fight to Save His Faith. Dr. Jasser has also testified before parliamentary committees in this country. Zudi, it's been a long time since we've uh, spoken. Thank you for coming on the program. And what's your view of Israel's war against Hamas and how it's being conducted? Well, it's great to be with you, Roy. Thank you so much for having me back. And, uh, you know, this is not only a time for moral clarity, it's a time in which we realize uh, uh, how opaque and, and how radical the left has become. And that if there ever was a just war, it is the war Israel is waging against Hamas. And uh, this is not, I mean, when America launched our retaliation, our uh, response to uh, al-Qaeda after 9-11, they were stateless actors. They were actors that were hiding in caves in Afghanistan, and no one questioned our right to uh, uh, respond and and decimate al-Qaeda. Now you have an act that includes uh, proportionally hundreds of times what happened to America on 9-11, and an act by a Hamas terror organization, which is the ruling government, if you will, the leadership, the military of Gaza, and needs to be defeated in a just war. And the response of so much of the left, and and, and including Trudeau and, and so many others, Biden in our own country, has been to somehow talk about moral equivalency, somehow talk about uh, a sense that there's two sides, a two-state. You can't talk about a state solution when the the ruling voted. The, the, the numbers in Gaza are still 50, 60 percent support for Hamas. So you're talking about empowering a state that just proved three months, two-plus months ago 
that they will commit acts of horrific barbarism, rape, and, and, and attacks door-to-door pogroms against the Jewish community. And I, as a Muslim, have to listen to non-Muslims say that somehow we expect, uh, that's sort of expected of Muslims, and we, we need to just ignore that and move on. I mean, that's absurd. That's a bigotry of low expectations. And the reason it keeps happening is we've not defeated them and defeated Hamas appropriately. What do you make of the demonstrations demanding genocide? Side against Jews globally, while simultaneously um, accusing Israel of, of genocide. Well, you know, we were talking about wokeism as Muslims against political Islam long before people even knew what wokeism was. And what's happening with DEI programs and so many others, it's, it's where victim mindsets, victimology, the, the sense that somehow everybody's a victim of, of the um, spread of the, the whites, if you will, in the West, it's, everything's racial, everything's identity politics, all of a sudden makes the sense of real bigotry of what has happened historically repeatedly from uh, in those who are anti-Semites against the Jewish community and uh, most poignantly what happened in the Holocaust. We, we forget about all of that, and, and somehow we're victims of the power structure of the West. This is what the left wants us to believe, so nothing else becomes believable, and they change truth into fiction. And the truth is, is that the real victims of bigotry are the Jewish community. The real victims of, of bigotry are uh, uh, the Uyghurs in China, the, the uh, minorities who, who have the courage to speak out against the royalty and the autocracies of the Middle East, and the ruling families that are in bed with them, like Trudeau's family and so many others, are somehow given a pass because they parrot the victim mindset that's obsessed in the far-left community. Uh, for the average person who uh, sees news coverage, video coverage of uh, the destruction in Gaza, and and sees the the uh, the death and the the deaths and the and the wounding, and particularly of children, uh, what do you say to the people who say, "Well," and I said this to the ambassador a few minutes ago. I received an email from a listener saying, and it, this is two weeks now, and this uh, listener has sent me the, the similar email. The amb- ambassador has been on on successive weeks. Um, For a world-class military like Israel's, shouldn't they be able to be more surgical in their strikes and their assaults on on Hamas? You're a former uh, senior officer in the United States Navy. Uh, What do you say to people who are looking at at their television screens and saying, why is this happening? If they're going after Hamas, why are so many civilians suffering? Well, Roy, that is just a fantastic question, and I can't tell you how much every day, every hour I think about this. You know, you, you think to yourself as they read pieces and look at videos and others, is there any other way to do this? And uh, having served, as you said, you know, I served 11 years and took care of those that, you know, I was with troops that had returned from Somalia and saw our troops dragged through the streets. Uh, the bottom line is, is that there's a lot of fair pieces being written, not just by folks on the right, uh, centrists and others saying that the way the IDF is fighting this is as moral and as just as possible with the tools they were given by a, a terrorist organization that's hiding in homes, that's hiding in hospitals, that's hiding in areas in which they've taken hostages. And uh, they took those hostages because they wanted to uh, uh, turn the response that was appropriate 
into somehow um, a inappropriate response because uh, it wasn't proportional. And I, I don't think the IDF could be doing anything differently. And I think ultimately we have to think to ourselves in the fog of war, what choices does Israel have in order to defend themselves? Because this is not just Hamas they're fighting. The weapons, the the historical strength that Hamas was able to rebuild was coming from Iran, was coming from Hezbollah. There needs to be a message sent that this will not be tolerated and it will not happen again to the families near the border of Gaza, to the Israeli and, and Jewish families that were targeted. And there's no greater responsibility. As we see our borders here in America uh, completely hemorrhaging as Folks that we have no idea what interest they have in our country that could be terrorists or otherwise, nobody seems to care about that on the left. Israel has the same responsibility to prevent that, and they just had a war waged on them, and they're responding appropriately. So I can tell you as a Syrian-American, I, I believe there was nothing more moral than the revolution against the Assad regime and against ISIS. Well, where are the Palestinians in the streets protesting Hamas? If they want to do that, there's nothing more pro-Muslim than the IDF decimating Hamas, which has destroyed the lives of Gazans and destroyed the lives of Palestinians. So really, they, they're doing what's right, and they're doing what Muslims and Christians alike in the Palestinian areas need to do for themselves also, which is defeat Hamas. Uh, how split is the Muslim community in, uh, in the United States about this? Another great question. Um, I wish we knew, because the bottom line is is that the, the majority in the Muslim community are dominated. The, the, the voices of the Muslim community are unfortunately dominated by the Islamists, who have the bully pulpit of mosques, the bully pulpit of uh, Islamic uh, Muslim Brotherhood legacy groups, Khomeinist legacy groups in the West. So if you listen to um, those that have the pulpit and the far left, the, the AOCs that are working with the Ilhan Omars and Rashida Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib openly is helping raise money for the Students for Justice in Palestine, which has uh, material support for terrorism advertised on their website supporting Hamas. So that's sort of the voice. The reality is, is I think still, unfortunately, uh, because of the far left twisting of the reality of what's happening in the fog of war, many Muslims are seeing, uh, and, and just like the left in America, uh, that has couldn't even have a hearing to condemn genocide when they were asked about condemning genocide against Jews. So it's not surprising that the, the, the Muslim identity politic groups are still sort of in that same fog. But I will tell you, it's not as much as you think. It's not 90 percent uh, in favor of the Palestinians it's probably, or the Hamas groups, if you will. I would think it's more like 60, 70 percent. But we have a lot of work to do to change the messaging, to make it clear that there are many Muslims who are anti-Hamas, many Muslims that are pro-equality of men and women and, and pro-reform. Uh, but unfortunately, the voices in Washington and New York and, and media are, are amplifying the victim mongers rather than those of us that have some clarity on where just war is. So, so you're running for the United States Congress in the November general election in the United States. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I want to ask you about uh, the situation in the U.S., the political situation. You did appear before a parliamentary committee in this country. You were invited to appear to uh, engage on the question of Islamophobia. You were not impressed with what you encountered. Remind us, please. 
Yeah, we, we came to talk about the fact that uh, there's nothing more pro, pro-Muslim than saying that you want to defeat and, and marginalize the Islamist ideologues that are dominating the radical sermons and otherwise. And and I was basically told that uh, uh, I was a agent of the Zionists, and I was told that somehow uh, that I was ignoring my own community and an Uncle Tom, and it was just the same old pejoratives. And I said, listen, even the term Islamophobia doesn't make sense. Islam is an idea. Yes, there might be some bigotry against Muslims, but the way to fight that is to lead the movement against those ideas that are theocratic. That is really how the West was formed, and really they didn't want to listen to it, and uh, it was really sad, but the same response I got in many on the left here in America. So why make the decision to enter politics? Your medical career is extremely successful. Uh, How do you define America's greatest challenges, and why is it necessary? Why do you feel it's necessary for you to engage as you are? Well, I have to tell you, uh, my life, uh, not only as a military officer, but as a physician, has been one of service. And uh, I think now, after having practiced for 25 years and launched a nonprofit, the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, that was about keeping our country safe from political Islam, while I'm proud of what we did, I'm proud of the coalitions we built, still at the end of the day, everything seems to sort of settle back into the ADD attention deficit of Washington. It settles back into sort of uh, the uh, 24-7 attention to what our elected officials on both sides of the aisle are saying. And people always say, you know, why aren't good people running for office? And uh, I don't want to have any regrets. And everything I've done in my life, uh, it's been about trying to do my best with the resources that God gave me, but also making sure that uh, I don't have regrets. And I think it's a culmination of uh, what I've done and a, a gratitude to this country for giving my family freedoms to practice our faith in a obvious a minority way, but a way in which we could not have practiced it in Muslim-majority countries. So part of that quid pro quo as a citizen is to um, be part of a narrative that I think can also redraw, rebrand what conservatism is. I don't think the principles are need to change at all. They're perfect. That's why I'm a conservative. Uh, small government, uh, strong national security, less taxation, uh, unleashing uh, small businesses. Uh, but you see health care, you see the border hemorrhaging, you see national sovereignty uh, being compromised with national fratricide of allowing uh, invasions into our country, all of these things happening. And I feel I've been at the front lines of many of these issues, and I can be an antidote to the radical branding that's happened uh, with Muslims as far as Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, and uh, also uh, set focus so that our priorities don't change. Um, I'm As a primary care doc, I didn't let the priorities of my patients change month to month. It was based on what I think and what they think was best for their health, and I think the health of our country is but barely a generation left from going away. We're going to lose our freedoms if we don't focus back on policies that keep us strong, get our economy back, and and solidify our sovereignty and our border. Um, you're, uh, by the way, we have about a million Americans who vote in, the, uh, in Canada. So I would imagine a number of them, at least, are listening to this program now, have the opportunity to vote for you if they're from Arizona or have voting rights in Arizona. But one of the things that you're in favor of, as I understand it, is a 15% flat tax. Look, you'd have my vote... I, I will come over to the United States and cheat 
to vote for you. Seriously. It's a very important issue. And leaving money in people's pockets as opposed to handing it all over to government is, to me, just a far better approach. How do you make the 15% flat tax work? Well, at the minimum, we, we tell them to stop uh, these continuing resolutions where they continue to enlarge and continue payments and enlarging the size and influence of government so that uh, uh, too much of the society is dependent. And ultimately, you're stifling small businesses, stifling growth. We need a growth economy, and a growth economy happens by, by taking away the strain on on the financial strain of government taking it, robbing it from your pocket before you even have a chance to put it back into your business. And the flat tax then tells government, just like every family, you know, I run a small business, a medical office, where my check is the last one that gets written if they're still remaining from the after all the overhead's done. So in an inflationary economy, as prices go up, um, in a healthcare system where we have fixed fee schedules, it's impossible to make ends meet, and I know that every family does that when they pay for their groceries and other other things that they pay for day to day. They can't pay for themselves until they're done making sure their kids and everything else in the house is paid for. A 15% flat tax or decreasing the the the, the size of the budget of government is important to do if we're going to be responsible. Not to mention. The CR, the continuing resolution that happened in the past few days, should not happen if we still have a hemorrhaging border. Fix the border first so all these huge expenses that are we're paying for. California just passed the legislation saying that the governor signed that they're going to pay free health care for all the millions of illegals that are in their state. It makes no sense. It's complete fratricide for their own community. And that's why we need new people in, in Congress who have clarity about what it means to be an American. You and I have known each other for more than 20 years, and I always appreciate the opportunity to speak with you on or off the air. Thank you, Zudi. All the best to you. You too. Anytime, Roy. Thank you so much. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.